and welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed and I'm joined in person today by Paul. Hello. And by Nick. Hello. And uh, we were going to be joined by Emily, but due to some internet-related issues, um, we can't. So we're really gutted about that. We're sorry, Emily. Uh, we would have loved to have you in this conversation. but Boo. Yeah, but um, yes, you can blame the internet people, whoever they are. Um, they said no. Um, but today we are talking about platitudes, and I really like that word. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> but just as I've been prepping for this, I've been thinking that's such a good word. I think it's the the pl sound. Whenever it's used, Plat. I seem to enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, that's some information for you, listener, that I'm sure you really wanted. Um, yeah, these are the phrases that people just use without really thinking about it, kind of cliches that you hear all the time but never really dive into. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dive into platitudes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're going to start off by picking one phrase to raise from existence forever each. So, Paul, what's your phrase that you would kick out? Well, I'm just going to start by my obligatory um, Google of okay. platitudes, just yep. so we're all on the same page. Sure. Um, platitude, a remark or statement, especially one with a moral content that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. Mm. Um, my choice is nice guys finish last. Okay, why why did you pick that one? Because it's just silly, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what the content is. I assume because people who cheat sometimes get the other hand that okay. a lot of nice people who are just a little bit bitter yeah. decided that they were going to start saying that phrase. But... Um, Nice guys are just nice guys, aren't they? Where they finish is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. In a way, nice guys don't view everything as a competition yeah. as well. So Maybe that means they do finish last. Maybe I'm wrong. Because they're not well, actually competitive. What's the race? I don't understand well, I don't what know. the race is. This is the thing. But everyone says it. <laughs> nice guys finish last. But you, see, you mentioned there, there's a bit of a, when we were talking before, a bit of a paradox there. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, so um, another well-known phrase is cheaters never prosper. Hmm. So if nice guys finish last and cheaters never prosper, everyone's losing the race, aren't they? So you've kind of got to be a nasty, ethical, competitive yeah, which, player which to win. Yeah, which is also a paradox. Which is quite difficult. Yeah, it's a thin line to walk, at least. Yeah. Unless you bang average, that's the only way you can win, according to those phrases, and that doesn't really make any sense. I suppose it's something in itself, yeah. isn't it? If you be bang average. <laughs> yeah, we'll start a new platitude. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get rid of... Mediocrity... Nice, yeah. <laughs> Is good. <laughs> That's the one. Not great. You know what they say? Mediocrity is good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, like that's it. mine. Very Nick, cool. what's yours? I've gone for um, do more of what makes you happy, which I think on the surface yeah. is quite nice advice. It's quite nice. But what if what makes me happy is covering myself in Marmite and running through an old people's home? <laughs> like the, neither of those are particularly good things. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, for most people, that isn't what makes them happy. But then, if you if you go if you take it to a, I mean, that was fairly light but to a, a, a bit of a more serious tone. If you're talking about things like like addiction and, and sure. drug abuse and things like that, it can, it can be quite damaging. That and things that okay. that make you happy, not not necessarily good for you across the board. I think surface level, like I said, to average Joe, yeah. you know, playing more football or, you know, watch more movies with loved ones, great. That's yeah, that's yeah. really nice advice. But I think it, it's somewhat lacking a caveat, I think. Um sure. Do maybe do the, the healthy things that make you happy or, yeah. or things that are 
it loses a bit of punch then, doesn't it? But got to add, the idea of Nick covering himself in Marmite and running through an old people's song did make me quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> But if we reach a thousand downloads on this episode, <laughs> done. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is. That's the do more of what makes you happy means that you have to know what makes you happy and is good for you as well. Yeah. That's the. It's like it's like one part of the conversation, isn't it? Yeah. That if you were to make the entire conversation, it would be damaging. But if you were to remove it from the com- conversation completely, it would also be damaging. Yeah. So, Everything's in moderation, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And it's... moderation is good. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> See where you're going with this yeah. part. This Sticking with it. I yeah. like it. New theme for you. It's great. Um, you're going to get it like translated into Latin and tattooed on your yeah. arm. Aren't <laughs> <it>? yeah. <laughs> um, so my one that I went with was, no offence, but... Always an offensive yeah. comment yes, following always. it. Always. Yeah. It's like, I'm not racist, but it's, yeah, al- it's always going to Anything in that theme, I yeah. think you can throw in there. Um, if you're yeah trying to not be offensive, I'd suggest not just not being offensive. Yeah. Not prefacing your offensive <laughs> yeah. thing with, I'm not being offensive. Or maybe whatever you're trying to say, say it differently than just saying no offence and then being offensive. There's probably yeah. a nicer way to say it. Yeah. You can't be bothered to think of once you've said no offence, but... Yes, yeah. You might as well just start with, this is offensive, but... Yeah, yeah, you could it's do that. It's a bit more honest, isn't it? Own up to it. Why not? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I'm, I haven't seen any good use of that phrase, so let's get rid of it. Um, yeah. Cool. So, quick recap. Paul's, what was yours? <laughs> nice guys finish, nice guys finish last. Nice guys finish last. Uh, do more of what makes you happy. <clears throat> yeah, and no offence, but so... If you're a frequent user of those, you have to stop now. I'm sorry about that, but um, they're gone. We have decided. <laughs> we don't have any authority on uh, what phrases you use, but yeah. You can replace all of them with mediocrity is good. You can, absolutely. That's uh, some sort of miracle approved phrase for you um, just there. This episode's gone off the rails already. <laughs> <laughs> The way that we had planned this episode was that we were all going to bring one platitude that we wanted to talk about. But we had some really great responses from the listener group. Um, so we're just going to go through those and talk about those instead. Um, They're probably better than ours anyway. Yeah. Ours better. Um, I think we should probably still pick one at the end. Um, yep. We're going to send one to Room 101. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm just going to start with Luke's. Um, Luke's was, just give it all over to Jesus and it will all be okay. It's not helpful, that, is it? It's an it's, it's an easy out, isn't it? I don't I even. Th- it just that seems almost like damaging. Or it can be damaging, can't it? Like if someone's really struggling with something, it's just a really it feels like a really flippant comment. Yeah, and what do we mean by it will all be okay? Because we can't guarantee that for people's situations that you know just it's it's that just pray about it and God will sort it out. The reality is, people. That, that, that's not how life works all the time. Yeah. That's not to say that prayer is pointless because I absolutely don't believe it is. I, I believe it's, it's a really vital thing, but we can't have this sort of almost prosperity gospel understanding of faith, where if you're a Christian, you're going to live a, a really easy life because yeah, yeah. it's just not. not I think it's really important to say quite early on that most, if not all, of the platitudes we're going to discuss have got a good point to them and there yeah. is a, a good base for, for what's being said. Um, one of my favourite verses is cast your cares on the Lord and he will yeah. sustain you. But that's really 
damaging out of context. Um, sure. Saying that by itself does does take it out of context. Yeah, yeah, I think I've spoken about this a little bit before, but I think the idea of, I mean, God's described as the wonderful counsellor and that kind of counselling element of being able to just unburden yourself. I can see where it, where it comes from. That's where, that's the essence of what he's saying. You just give it, you know, give it to Jesus and unburden yourself. But then saying it will be okay. Like you said, it might it might not be okay. You might not get the desired outcome. It might mm. get worse. It might get a hundred times worse. This might be the easiest bit. Um, but to yeah, to try and give that. It's not. You don't want to diminish any hope or anything like that, but it's not being particularly realistic, is it? To say everything's going to be fine, like you said, yeah. those are promises that we can't make because we don't know. Yeah. And it, it's a tricky one, is it? Because you do hear about people praying and then suddenly their cancer disappears, or um, these amazing miracles ha- happening. So you kind of don't want to say, you know. Like this, this isn't a possibility because God, you know, God does amazing things. Um, and you know, when we talk about hope, do I believe that in the real long-term story of creation of heaven and earth being restored, everything will be okay? Yes, I do. Yeah, I believe that God will restore and renew all of creation. So, if we're talking, you know, eschatologically um, <laughs> or in in the absolute long term, yes. But I, I'm not sure that's what people mean when no. they... And it's not how that comes across when no. someone's really hurting and you say, oh, yeah, just pray about it. It's always applied to specific circumstances, isn't it? So then that's not... You're kind of going a few steps removed at you, which, again, yeah, yeah. I agree with. <laughs> like, I suppose if you if, if you to make that point, it's probably... Um, a little bit insensitive <laughs> at the it, time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Eventually. But the New Jerusalem's coming, so don't, <laughs> yeah. don't worry too much about it. <laughs> and it kind of, I think saying it in such a short phrase makes yeah. it feel like it's going to be a really quick fix. Like, yeah. if you just pray about it by tomorrow, it'll just be fine, definitely. There's yeah. no... Yeah, and if not, you haven't prayed hard enough. And I think that's what can also come across. Like, if if it's as easy as just give it all over to Jesus and it will all be okay, why is it not okay right now? And then that can make people feel worse because... Mm-hmm you apply a level of guilt to it that they're not trying hard enough. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, we're kind of hitting some of the root of our problem with all of these is that often we see the, these used to avoid actually diving into the root and the grittiness of the subject. Like the, these are kind of easy way outs for us to avoid saying, you know what, I don't know why things are rubbish right now or I don't know why this has happened. Um, and actually having to ask some of these really tricky questions. Um, but, yeah, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, so um, Rachel gave quite a few, actually, in the uh, in the listener group, so thank you for those. Um, this um, God will give you a sign is one of them. Guard your heart is another, and just pray, and the way will become clear. Um, so those are three, I guess, fairly similar. You can see a, yeah. a, a, wee, a, a thread going through them all, but what do you think to those three? Ooh, um, I think God will give you a sign is a really interesting one. Yeah. Because not that he won't, but it's very easy to say, oh, I don't want to do this because I've not had a sign. Yeah. And that much because you don't want to do it. It's a really easy way to cop out of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want yeah. to do it. So I'm going to wait for a sign and then close your eyes. And th- th- this whole thing of hearing a sign from God it's quite a nuanced conversation, isn't it? Because it's not the same for everyone. Yeah. And I, I know people that have been wondering about doing something 
and they've kind of waited years waiting for this big kind of cosmic sign that they should doing it uh, should be doing it and you know you just wonder what what would happen if you'd have just tried and you'd just gone for it and then seen like I, I think one of the phrases that I've used in the past that I kind of prefer is pushing doors and seeing which ones open um, which is you know sure as much of a platitude um, but it it kind of shifts the emphasis onto us to actually be active and try something. Yeah, definitely. I think that just thinking like the Nike slogan, just do it. Like, is yeah, isn't yeah. The quite is there's some wisdom in that in itself. Again, as you say, it can be a little bit of a it can turn into a platitude. But I think yeah, that the emphasis being on us to try. I don't know. I, I guess it's difficult actually because try trying to em- empathise with di- different situations and things, and that actually. Uh, I've seen times where you know praying for the right time and then the right yeah. time is absolutely the right time mm. and it might not have been. So I guess that kind of does make sense, but it depends on what you know. If, if you're saying God give me a sign, and that sign is is quite specific, but if you're going to say that sign is me hovering in the air for 45 minutes without <laughs> touching the ground, chances are, yeah. I mean, not, I don't want to say it's not going to happen. Well, I think the key to that is you've got to be really, really open and honest to be self and with God. Yeah. Because if you say, yeah, give me a sign, but what you really mean is, I don't want to do this, so you're going to have to move out, you're going to have to really go out your way, God. Yeah. That's not healthy. Whereas if you're honest and you're saying, I really think I should do this, but I just need a bit of confirmation, and then you're open to it, then it's, I think it's a little easy to to make that work. Yeah, there's a preparation as well. If that sign does come, then you've got to get on with it as well, I guess. Yeah, if you're going to be specific with it. As in, I guess, all of these, I think wisdom is found in the contextualization of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we, we don't know everyone's situation, so you can't say, just pray about it and the way will become clear. That phrase is never helpful because it may be exactly what someone needs to hear at that point, um, but it may also be the last thing someone <laughs> needs to hear. So that, that wisdom discernment in the moment for the person is pretty key. Yeah. I think, God, your heart's a really interesting one. Yeah, um, because especially to people who aren't churched, yes, doesn't mean anything. No, we we kind of speak about the heart quite a lot, don't we? Um, it, it didn't I may just be making this up, but I'm pretty sure the idea of like listen to your heart came from like um, a point in time when we our scientific understanding was that we made decisions in the heart, and that was like the part of our our body that made decision. They didn't understand like the brain. Um, being like the actual center of information processing so it, it kind of rooted from there um that may be nonsense let me know <laughs> if that's not true in the listening group but well, I, you know I when was, something's just in your head and you think i'm just going to go with it but, i was thinking i'm pretty sure biblically it's it's the gut not the heart oh well. yeah 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 um so guard your heart must be quite a new thing because when they wrote the bible especially the old testament i like guess it could be different soldiers as well couldn't it yeah yeah yeah, interesting. Um, I don't know. The, can some put it into a, a context for me? As in, when, when would you say that? So I, I, had, an, I had this an interesting point. So when um, Sophie and I, um, when we were about 18, we went and worked in Amsterdam for the Salvation Army for three months. Not three months, three weeks. It wasn't very long. <laughs> um, and it felt like three months. And we stayed right in the middle of the red light district. And as we, we arrived we were kind of just reflecting with, with the people there about 
the heavy feeling when you got there. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, I've never really been one for the kind of the whole spiritual warfare discussion or, or some of that imagery, um, but it felt very like real oppressive, over there. Yeah. Very oppressive, very, there was a lot of darkness, it felt like. Um, and they said to us, you really need to guard your heart when you're here and keep, you know, Jesus central to the way you look at, at the world through when you're there. Um, and that felt like it made a lot of sense at the time. Yeah. Um, removing myself from that context, it kind of just feels like empty words. But at the time, it felt really poignant. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that one. Yeah. I think it's, there is just a big danger of it not meaning anything to people. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Nick, if it's not in context, it, it's, it's a really strange one. And actually, in a, I don't, I hate the word secular, but I don't know what else, what the other word to use is, in a not church Normal. Way. Yeah, in a normal people <laughs> way. Heathen is the... <laughs> <laughs> in whatever that word is, um, guard your heart. I think kind of, it's almost like a negative thing, like to be guarded and not trust right, anyone. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, like put walls up. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. I've never saw that. So I think if you're looking at it from someone who has not experienced church very much and say, guard your heart, that sounds like, don't trust anyone. No one can be trusted. Yeah, don't let them in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that kind of seeing both those. I was a passenger in that conversation, but those, <laughs> yeah. those two examples are perfect because that kind of gives you both sides of it, doesn't it? Mm. Um, cool. What's the next one? Uh, it's me. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Is, is no, just... It's Jack. <laughs> okay. So Jack gave uh, the next one, Jack, friend of the show, Webster, um, and he had his own episode, so go back and find that, and he talks about his work with the message bus. Um, but he said, when God closes one door, he opens another. And he, he followed it up by saying this, this one stings from a theological perspective, because doors have been closed in my past before I was ready for them to be closed. But really, I dislike it because hearing it just feels so unhelpful when you're in a place of hurt, and somebody uses this as a reassurance. It can feel like a quick nudge towards what's next when you're still in a position of mourning the loss of your old direction. And I think that's a really interesting point. And if like following that, there was this really great conversation in the listener group about lamenting and about how particularly us um, in England are terrible at lamenting. That actually we, um, it's like there's this stigma around us actually feeling these emotions and being upset or grieving something that we always think, okay, chin up, um, you better kind of, you know, keep calm and carry on. And um, I think Darren, who's um, up next with his suggestion, um, had this idea that that was kind of from the war, kind of, I guess, slogans and um, phrases that got passed around that kind of tried to keep the spirit up. But that has kind of stigmatized actually learning from the emotions that we're feeling at the time and actually, yeah, leaning into them. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think about that one? I think, yeah, we're famous for it, aren't we? The, the British stiff upper lip, yes. like, the, yeah, nothing gets through and we just, yeah, keep, keep calm and carry on the other one. Like, I think you mentioned that already, but yeah, um, it's, it's difficult, particularly, I mean, for us three, it's, it's very much lads, lads, lads today, isn't it? But <laughs> I think as, as a man growing up, the sort of the, um, the feeling is that showing emotion can be a, a weakness. Yes. Um, yeah. And I remember a few years ago listening to, um, I was listening to uh, a biography of Maurizio Pochettino as a Tottenham manager at the time. And he, he was um, 
saying about um, during his time at, at Spurs and Espanyol, there were times where he just he was just overcome with emotion and he burst into tears. And I, I actually made a joke with Rachel about it that most of the chapters, at some point, he says, and, and I just cried. And mm. you see, it and you know, some of the the big victories, he just becomes all. And I've, I found myself thinking at the time, I'm really envious of that, mm. just being able to be like so upfront with your emotions, being so like. Um, yeah, to, to, yeah, up front and letting the world, literally the world, see it. Mm. Um, I just think something that South Americans do really, really well, actually, yeah, yeah. and us British don't do particularly well. But it's interesting again tying that back to what um, the conversation that was said about lamenting, like giving ourselves the space just to sit with something, sit with the emotion of an event or um, or something that's impacted us. Uh, I don't think. The world, even just outside of Britain, gives us space to do that. Mm. I think it's the very much you see social media is very much geared up towards positivity, and um, and you can be seen as being miserable or you know or you know not fun if if you're having a tough time. But I think actually that, there's a whole book of the Bible called Lamentation. That is a space to lament. So yeah, half if the that, Psalms as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, if there's so much of that space, surely there's some wisdom in particularly us as Christians in allowing ourselves that space just just to sit with something for a little while um, and as as long uh, again probably uh, caveating that with it, that not being particularly f- being a, a forever but sometimes these do, things do last for a very very long time these mm. these feelings and these um, difficult times so um, yeah I guess it's it just that, that kind of struck, struck me flicking through the conversation I think I have a chance to read it thoroughly but uh, it was just a really deep point made by by Jack and then and the ongoing discussions afterwards. I thought it'd be it'd be good to to chat about that. I don't know what you guys think. That's me talking for a long time. Sorry, but no, that's fine. It's good to get um, opinions. And I think it's again, it's important to sort of recognise that. I think that's used when, like, if if I knew that Nick was hurting, that would be something that I would automatically go to as an easy way to sort of start a conversation, maybe, or to. In in I think I'd think I was making you feel better by saying it. Yeah. Um, and maybe that is a bit of again a bit of a cop out, but it's hard to think of those words in the time. Like if you want to support someone who's struggling. Yeah. Finding those words is hard, and I think those go tos are, well, unsurprisingly, what you go to. Um, How much truth do you think there is in when God closes one door, He opens another? Like, we we've kind of agreed that it's not very helpful in the moment when people are grieving the loss of something mm. but do you think it's true that's really oh <laughs> that could get really really theological really fast um i think the the point of it is to suggest that this hurt you feeling right now isn't the end mm. and there is a way forward from here yeah whether your belief is that god opens the doors or god supports you through the door or however yeah, you want to yeah. phrase that um, I think there will be another doorway. Yeah, I can't word it in a less. Yeah, like, I don't want to get into a theological debate about predeterminism. And in a way, you could just say, when one door closes, God will be with you. Yeah. In in uh, like in whichever wherever you end up next. Like I know that's not as good a, a phrase. Yeah. But actually, this idea that God's closing the door. Yeah. Often isn't is really unhelpful. I think because. That's the problem uh, yeah. I have with it. Yeah, yeah. When, when God causes that, and not necessarily that that might not necessarily be true in the first instance. Again, like I said, before, you can get into a, into a rabbit hole with that. But I just think 
that door is closed is probably more helpful. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That door is, that's it. That's, mm. you know, and and I'm here and God's there. Yeah. Like that door's closed and we're in that space. Yeah. You don't need to give you words to make you feel better or anything like that. I'm just here with you. Yeah. And, it's yeah. just, and I think that's... And actually, yeah, I think, like you say, the bit that he opens another or when God closes or when the door closes another one opens, that's not necessarily true. No. Not straight away mm. because sometimes you need that space to lament and sometimes to be in that space is where you, yeah. what, what is best for you at that point. There's a, a Christian poet um, called Padre Gotuama who um, speaks about, there's, um, I can't remember the specifics of this, but he, he kind of has written this book where he talks about um, saying hello to to our situation. And there's this culture that, um, that, I think it might be a tribe somewhere, that greets every kind of emotional greet, the stance that they're in, by just saying hello and naming it. And now he's kind of taken that as a personal reflective practice where if he's feeling grief, he'll kind of greet, just say, hello, grief. Or, and he'll, he uses that rather than leaning on phrases like these where they try and spin the situation, they try and do some sort of like PR magic on it. Um, but actually it just recognises where you're at, like you say, yeah. and then um, go, yeah, whatever emotions come along with that just acknowledges it. I think that's quite an interesting concept. Definitely, I think it's just owning the, the yeah. emotion, isn't it? It's just saying, yeah, this is yeah. what I'm feeling, and yeah. I think that's really helpful, actually. Have you heard the song Hello, My Name Is by Matthew West? Yes. That's what I thought of when you said that. Okay, yeah. Um, different and guy, I think, but... Yeah, very much yeah. different guy, um, as far as I know. I don't know. I'm not as educated as you on... One's the... American, one's Irish. Well... So, it's a place to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, like we said about owning the space you're in and then being with God in that, the, yeah. the sort of the the way that's that song goes is yeah. hello my name is regret and it talks about regret and grief and that yeah, sort of thing yeah. and then it says hello my name is child of the one true king and it's like a, sure this is how i'm feeling but yeah. god that's an interesting <laughs> concept in that song about identity as well because like with the padre to armor idea is almost like hello and you recognize the emotion you're feeling almost as an external entity but you don't kind of say, you know, this is something I'm experiencing, but it's not who I am yeah. at this point. And I think Matthew West is trying to make a similar point where he's saying, hello, my name is Regret, but then it's kind of like, he rectifies that in the chorus by saying, actually, my identity is child of the one true king. It's not found in regret or guilt or shame. It's found in the fact that I'm loved by God. Yeah. Um, Next one came from Danny uh, Spencer. I know a few comments through, throughout the group, so thanks for this one, Danny. Um, but he says, uh, God works in mysterious ways, and, it, and then he puts in brackets, there's the Christian cop-out, yes. which I think is, yeah, it's a really nice way of phrasing it, actually. Yeah, it's just the, the go-to when you don't understand something, theologically or, um, or otherwise, God works in mysterious ways is just a, you can't really argue with that in a way because it, in many ways he is mysterious. We don't know all of God's ways, <laughs> do we? Yeah. Um, so to, from our perspective, it is mysterious, um, but it's not helpful in the slightest. It is a cop-out because it's just not even... It, basically what you're saying is I'm not even going to entertain thinking about what's yeah. going on. I'm just going to slap this big label over it and just yeah, yeah and pretend it's not even there. It's not. It doesn't even go anywhere near the thought process behind what might be going on. It's just that I yeah. don't care or I'm not bothered or I've, I don't have the yeah. capacity to think about it. Yeah, I think this one, again, has probably come from when you're trying to comfort someone. Yeah. Or someone struggling with faith or theology yeah. or whatever. 
but I think it's become, oh, well, I'm not, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to yeah. think about this. I don't want to think about what yeah. this means and I have to do yeah. something about it. I think if Lauren were here, she would use her um, phrase, which is like a better version of this, which she always uses in podcasts. I think if you go back to some of the earlier episodes, you'll hear it used a lot. It's her saying, we were never meant to know everything. <laughs> yeah. um, which, you know, I always got a little bit frustrated with, and Lauren will know that, but that's because I'm the sort of person that wants to know everything. But actually, when we are getting wrapped up in these ideas and, and getting frustrated that we, we, we don't understand it can be helpful to go down this line of saying, you know what, we were never meant to have the capacity to understand all of God's ways. Yeah. That can be a really freeing thing. Um, but with my personality type, that is not helpful. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very much like you, but I think it's really important to ground yourself in when we might not understand this even right now. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's wrong or that doesn't mean we, and it, can, we can't unpack it further or yeah. think about it. But it's important to stay grounded in what, what you know God to be. And it's that humility behind things as well, because often I think we can become so convicted of our ideas that we are very dismissive of other people. Mm. But actually, if we kind of go with that understanding, let Lauren's phrase of, we were never meant to understand everything, we don't have the capacity to understand everything, it humbles us and says that actually we, our perspective is, is just that. It's our opinion, it's what we see. It's the world through our lens. And although we could be really sorted on that and really set, you know, that we have capacity for being wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Well, you do, you know. Yeah, I certainly do. Um, Professor Google. I know. He can't be wrong. <laughs> He's got three sources for every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, just as you were speaking, then I thought, the one thing that, like, the stake that drives all the way through these things is they're all designed just to placate a situation, yes, aren't they? They're yeah. all designed just to soothe something. And actually... Um, you're saying uh, with what Lawrence says, we're never meant to understand everything. I think that probably helps more in some situations than slapping on, you know, give it to Jesus and I'll be okay. And I think yeah, yeah. so. It it gives a little bit of wiggle room for. It's not just. Uh, I don't find it just a sticking plaster over this dismissing what people's situations are or the emotions of the time are. Um, I think that gives a space to sit alongside that. Um, so I think, yeah, I've probably contradicts myself a little bit there, but I think it's probably the terminology of you know God God works in mysterious ways. Mm. Is I think they're saying two different things actually, and we're not we're not yeah. meaning to understand everything. I think as well that phrase in particular has become so cliched yeah. that I imagine everyone who hears it will just roll their eyes and immediately disconnect from what you're trying to communicate. So if we're just talking about the art of communication here, <laughs> yeah. avoid pretty much all of these. But, <laughs> Specifically that one. But specifically yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. So this next one, the penultimate one from the listener group, um, is from Darren. And he said, God wants to teach you something through this season. I must be a slow learner. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for that, Darren. Um, yeah, this one, I imagine for those who have experienced kind of long-term illness, for those that have experienced um, just, yeah, like some of the bigger problems in life this is i imagine incredibly incredibly insulting at times um i don't know whether you, well i imagine it's pretty true for some people as well like i'm sure god teaches us through every season but it almost implies 
that the reason you're experiencing this is because wants because yeah. God wants to keep you there that's, to learn something. That's the thing I really struggle with about this one. And that implication is just deadly, isn't it? Yeah. That's the problem, isn't it? And and the fact that the the word season lends it to being a longer term thing as well. It's not just a this situation yeah. or it's you know season can be you know a very very long time so months even yeah <laughs> even yeah. even months <laughs> yeah i i think you will both agree with me whether everyone does i'm not sure but i do not believe that god puts you through things that are painful purposefully no no i agree with you there i think that that is probably more contentious among uh, absolutely christian kind of thoughts than this room would would portray yeah so you know let us know if you've got a different perspective on that but i think from where we're all coming from it seems that we just don't believe god does that i I absolutely believe that god will make whatever situation you're in better yeah by being there and by you engaging with them yeah with him sorry but i don't believe that it is his plan yeah to give someone cancer no sure yeah, I think, and I would really struggle. I don't. I don't think I would ever no. change my mind. I'm not going to say I will never because that would be really damaging as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, because God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> but I would really struggle to to understand that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it's it's difficult because again, it, it's kind of as as often these conversations do all kind of rolls back to your fundamental beliefs of who God is mm. and I think the three of us are agreed that you know an all loving God perhaps wouldn't put people through really difficult times um, just for just to teach you a lesson essentially mm. um, I'm, I'm, I do believe that some, sometimes good does come of situations sometimes yeah. good comes of bad things I do believe that but sometimes I just think bad things happen and the bad things and nothing good comes of it as well. Yeah. I think that's also true. So it's quite, yeah, to be quite clear on that. Um, but yeah. I yeah. do think, yeah, good things can come out of, out of difficult situations. But, you know, when you're in the midst of that difficult situation, someone coming up to you and saying, you know, a good thing is going to happen because of this, it's not what you want to hear, is it? No, no. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think if we are committed to this idea of a loving God, let's not try and redefine love in a way that allows for us to believe in a God that gives people cancer. I, I just can't get on board with that. I, it, this isn't really the discussion for today, but I heard there was a really interesting debate on Twitter, actually. And someone was saying, I had this great phrase where they, they were talking about how some people allow their understanding of scripture to define love for them, to define their understanding of love. And they said, we, not, we can't do it like that. We need our understanding of love to define our understanding of scripture. And I really, I liked that, that kind of twisting of it. Because I just think that we have we we know what love is as a people we 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 can understand that that is you know in a way you could say that is part of our, who we are as as humans we're created to understand what love is because we're created in the image of God yeah so therefore we recognise it and if we have to come up with a new definition for love to allow our theological understanding to work then I think we're doing something wrong um, so. Yeah, that's a complete side point and probably a much deeper and longer conversation. Um, but, yeah, um, I think that it's 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 true in that God can teach us through everything. Yeah. And God will be with us through everything. Um, and, yeah, God can use all situations for his good. And 
that doesn't mean that he's put you in there and it doesn't mean that it's comfortable and it doesn't mean that we need to pretend yeah. it is. I think the implications of this one are the dangerous yes. part of the, the yeah, phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, what, it's, what it's trying to say is I hope that something good comes of this, isn't it? I think yeah. I guess I guess that's what's the the motivation behind it. Yeah. Which yeah. which is a really nice thing, but and when you're in the midst of a difficult situation, that then changing the terminology to it sounds a little bit It's weak, isn't it? Yeah. It's weak. Yeah, it's it's weak and it's not us on to the last one um i don't want to be biased but this was my vote before we read through the comments for room 101 um and this was from hannah and it's everything happens for a reason Oof, not having it i think as soon as we said we're doing platitudes and we want to just go for the worst ones this is for me like the king of worst Christian phrases well it's not it's not a christian phrase at all but it's kind of infiltrated Christian thought. It's the, it is the daddy of platitudes, isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah. So let's start with what do we like about this phrase? Can we find something in it that we, we like? Or a way of spinning it that we, we can see see some positives? No. None at all? I can't. I, I just don't. It doesn't. Not sometimes, so, but sometimes terrible things happen. Yeah. I did, I did some research on this and I was trying to find the origin of it because it's not from the Bible. And um, it looks like it's come from Aristotle. And I think when he, uh, and I think it's come from some of his teaching that spoke about everything happening due to a cause and effect model. So everything that we see has been caused by something. Yeah. And you can see that in the world. Like, um, and like, even when we say someone's got cancer, there is a scientific reason why that's developed. Or there, there are, you can understand the biology of it. There is a cause and an effect there. But I think the way we apply this phrase, everything happens for a reason, is we're looking for a, uh, a metaphysical kind yeah. of big... God's plan. God's plan reason. Yeah. Even in a secular world, this is used a lot. People to, um, people really buy into the idea of fate or um, yeah, these are these other kind of structures that the world that gives meaning to, to the, the meaningless. And... Um, yeah, I think that's that's more dangerous than just, I guess, where it started from with Aristotle, just looking at the kind of very practical, this has happened, why did it happen? Yeah, it's like butterfly effect and chaos yeah. theory, isn't it? It's those yeah. kind of conversations. But I, th- I think we're sometimes guilty as Christians of trying to just have all the answers all the time. Yeah. And and this is probably what the you know, the one that you can just you can stick it out there and it's not a problem, is it? Like everything happens for a reason, then what that covers everything and don't need to really think about it. But sometimes terrible things happen and there's no reason for it. And and that that does become a difficult conversation if someone who's not a Christian says, Well, you're a Christian but you know, why do children die in, in war zones and why why did my loved ones get cancer and and, and yeah. die die young and you know all these terrible things that happen, um, and he kind of left wanting to find an answer for those, which I guess that's human nature, isn't it, to try and understand, try and find answers for things. But I, I think we just have to be a little bit more comfortable with there not being an answer for some. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is God <laughs> works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just it, sometimes it's just it's bad, um, it's difficult, bad things happen, and 
Um, and I guess that that's the the, the beginning we, and the we end. We live in it? a world that's broken. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And the Bible is very clear that we live in a world that's broken. And the world is very clear that and we live the world in a world. Is very clear, this yeah. is one of the things that I think I've often thought about the problem of suffering, the problem of evil, and it's something we've spoken about as a topic. And we've had to just go, you know what, I don't know whether, like the amount of research, the amount of things we'd have to go into that was just such a hard topic and so personal for a lot of people and mm. so emotional. Um, but it's it's kind of the, the thing that Christians rub up against constantly, isn't it? It came up in the survey, um, it came up um, a number of times, this idea of the world is broken, bad things happen, both because of you know our decisions as humans and also natural disasters. Um, yeah, how how then do we do we deal with that? I think this this phrase is the epitome of what how we shouldn't deal with it, because if we just go well, it just happens for a reason, and and God's got it, then actually the way we're representing God is not of not as a loving God. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem with it is it suggests again that things ha- everything happens because God wants it to happen exactly that way. Yeah, and we know that's not true because we believe in free will. Yeah. And I think that's a fairly common yeah. denominator across Christians that we believe that we have free yes. will. Yeah. So we can't believe that everything happens because God willed it that way. Yeah. And yeah, it's that causation, isn't it? It's, it's, it's stepping it back to God's caused this to happen, and it's that's not the that's not the situation. So if you're gonna say everything happens for a reason, then you are by implication saying God has made this happen. Whereas I think that's what we're agreeing, isn't it? That yeah. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I, I've had this debate numerous of times with people because it's one of the phrases that if I hear used, I, I'm quite hot on saying, what do you want about? <laughs> um, and for me, it is so easily replaced with God can bring good out of everything or yeah. any situation. Like, And I, th- I think you can say that, like just moving the emphasis between God hasn't caused the situation you're in, but he will be with you and present in that situation and he's the root out of it as well. Yeah, often, but then also not in the prosperity gospel way of no. he will fix your situation. No. But uh, yeah, I just I just think rather than even God making good out of every situation, which I, b- I believe is possible, um, I just think God will be with you all all the yeah. way through whatever you're going through, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's indifferent, whether you. Bang average and winning at life as we <laughs> described <laughs> earlier on, however, it's you know it's really really tough times. Just God's there with you, and hang on in there. That's that's yeah. For me, that's the whole of the Bible makes sense if I just apply that like God's in that situation and just hold on, just keep going. Yeah, and I, that's kind of one of the big themes of the Bible is. I think we, this problem of evil, problem suffering, is really tricky, and we don't have. A flawless answer for it that you know can solve everyone's questions mm. there are some good answers i've heard from people in the past but it doesn't it doesn't deal with the world as it is in a way um but what we see in the bible is a god who loves us so much that he wants to be with us in the hardest moments yeah. and loves us so much that he experiences the suffering that we experience in a really human really physical really grisly way on the cross and I think if we can't deal with the first question, which, you know, in many ways we can't, which is, you know, why is there suffering in the world? The second question is, what would a loving God do if there is suffering in the world? 
And for me, the answer to that question is he'd be with us and he'd, he'd experience it alongside us. And that's yeah. what we see in, in Jesus. So, yeah, I guess that, that gives me, me hope and gives me more hope than everything happens for a reason. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's a better gospel. It's a better good news than um, coming up with, you know, some system that allows God to cause all this bad stuff in the world and yet still cling on to that that phrase of all loving. Um, yeah. That got quite deep quite fast. It did, yeah. I For don't... a podcast that was about putting a platitude in a room. <laughs> I thought yeah. this was going to be a laugh, but it wasn't. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it was, we got to the end of the survey and we thought, what can we do that's just going to be nice and light? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Tackle the problem of suffering. <laughs> yeah, why not? What we should do is now put Everything Happens for a Reason in Room 101. Absolutely. Q soundboard from Ed. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, that one can go. So that, that will join the three from the... Uh, from the icebreaker um but yeah we would love to know your thoughts um maybe you have got a good defense for everything happens for a reason maybe that is something that you that has been helpful for you at some time maybe we're overlooking a context in which that would be a helpful thing so please let us know in the listener group um you can find that by going onto facebook and searching ssom listener group and in there, yeah, you'll be able to read some of the conversations that have already happened around this and have kind of inspired this whole episode. Um, and you can join in there. We'd really love to hear your thoughts. But um, other than that, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for for today. So thank you so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks' time with our next one, which we don't know what it is right now, which is quite an exciting thing. We haven't been in a space where we haven't got the next episode planned for quite a while long time yeah. so uh, yeah I'm looking forward to that I hope you're looking forward to that and we will see you there be well be well